0: Terms and conditions apply. You deserve a moment to yourself every single day. And a delicious bite of a Keebler Sandys can give you that comforting pause. <sighs>
2: Welcome into to the New Orleans Pelicans podcast presented by SeatGeek, a podcast dedicated to everything you need to know about the squad. Hear from players, coaches, broadcasters, and those who cover the NBA on a daily basis.
3: How dadgum fun is that? Damn Aaron Harder can just say
2: dadgum. The New Orleans Pelicans podcast starts right now.
3: Welcome to the Pelicans Podcast presented by SeatGeek. I am Joe Cardosi, joined by the effervescent Jim Eichenhofer. Uh, Jim, got a big one tonight. The Smoothie King Center is going to be rocking because we are facing the Brooklyn Nets. Here it comes. We've had this one circled on the calendar for a while. I think they've had it circled on their calendar for a while. It's going to be quite a basketball game.
4: What a night this is going to be. I mean, I've been looking forward to this game for a while. And then obviously with the hot streak that Brooklyn has been on lately, it's added to the marquee nature of this matchup. ESPN, you know, flexed out a different game to add this to their schedule. So now it's going to be on national TV. I'm looking forward to the whole country getting to see what the crowd is like in the Smoothie King Center. I mean, that's been a big discussion around the league for several weeks now, I think going back to the, when Phoenix was here for that weekend series about a month or so ago, but to, uh, to have the game be on um, national TV, get, have people get a chance to see what the smoothie King center is like these days, even though unfortunately Zion's not going to be able to play in this yep. one. But I mean, it's, it's a great opportunity for the Pelicans to showcase not only what they can do on the floor, but also what their home games have become As we know, they're 17-4 and at home, which is the best start they've had in franchise history. Um, This weekend, I think, is going to be really interesting, too, where you're playing against Brooklyn that just had a 12-game winning streak, snapped Wednesday when they lost to Chicago. That was pretty surprising. And then Saturday, they play at Dallas. The Mavericks had a seven-game winning streak that just ended on Thursday night against Boston in uh kind of one-sided fashion, but I mean, these are two of the hottest teams in the league. So this is not a back-to-back that you really welcome when you see no. it on paper, as far <laughs> no, as these, these two opponents.
3: Yeah, and, and tonight is one of those games where, you know, it, the only damper on it is that New Orleans doesn't get to show their superstars off mm-hmm. uh, to the national audience. But weirdly, what I'm looking forward to is the national audience getting to see like a Herb Jones, getting to see maybe a little more Dyson Daniels run, a little Jack some of these guys that maybe aren't household names that have been very important locally to the New Orleans Pelicans fans. Now people nationally are going to get to see, they always hear about the depth, sure. but I don't know if they've gotten to see those players in action. And it's going to be an interesting tep, uh, test of Brooklyn as well. Are they going to come into this game overlooking uh, the Pelicans? Are they going to come in hot uh, with a little something extra for us since we did ruin their home opener? It's going to be interesting to see how they start this game.
4: Yeah. And a lot of the players that you mentioned have consistently delivered for New Orleans, even in some of the instances where they did have a national TV audience, they came through with big games. I remember Dyson Daniels, the game against Dallas that was on TNT early in the season was kind of his first moment where he played yeah, great. It's kind of and, a
3: coming out party. Exactly. For him,
4: yeah. And, you know, another guy who I think is really important to this stretch coming up is Jose Alvarado um, among the players, uh, role players who, you know, need to step up and, and perform. And obviously he, I mean, he's had some huge games yeah, this year. Great to see him get hot
3: again after a cold right. streak for sure.
4: He had a 38 point game that we all remember against De- Denver, but over the last couple of weeks, he's been really struggling with his shot even to the point where he said to the media in the locker room, like I think he said to Will Guillory a few games ago, Hey, I want you to tweet about how Jose Alvarado can't make a shot. So (laughs) kind of jokingly just talking about his own struggles and taking accountability for just the way that he has been shooting the ball. So, um, but I got a chance to talk to him after the win against Houston, and it was a good sign for him and the team overall that he came out and made three, three pointers that was an area where, I mean, he's been getting open shots, but just hasn't been making them. So at the beginning of this clip, he talks about just his reaction and kind of his relief to the fact that he was able to get on a roll in that Houston game. We, As we all know, offense isn't really the thing that you have to rely on him. You're not going to say to him, like, you have to get us 15 points every game. Yeah. We know all of the other stuff that he does, whether it's the defense, the steals, the hustle plays. Even the playmaking, where he's gotten so good at sending people energy energy for open shot, sending people up for open shots, all that stuff. But um, it it was it was a good good sign because I do think under the circumstances, with you know as we know Zion's out for a while, Bi is still out, um, Larry Nance has been out as well. That maybe they will need a little bit more offense from Jose from time to time. So in this clip from Wednesday night in the locker room, he talks about his breaking out from some of the shootings slump, and I think he did use the word slump in
5: what he, he talked to uh, the media about as well. You know, for just me in general, you know, this sport, you know, you take so much pressure towards what I've heard. Uh, uh, pressure, you know, because you, you love the game so much, but um, I had the great uh, support around me, and, you know, it's finally to see back where, I, you know, I belong, where I feel like, you know, this is what I do. and. You know, finally to see it go in and, you know, it's good. You know, finally you're going to have to just keep on making shots. What was the reaction that you had the first one you made? It was just
4: kind of like that thank
5: you that you got one in. Um, You know, uh, this is like probably my second time, but the first time really like, you know, getting stressed. up Not stressed, but like it's really a thing called slow. Like I think it's really a thing that's called that in this game you know um, i felt good every time i shot the boy it literally just it was those misses in and out and you know you have to stay mentally t- um tough in this game and i just like i said th- my teammates and you know be great man uh, I, I shout out to him and like just you know making sure i'm in the right mindset always in the gym and you know it's eventually gonna come down because you know i showed that i could do it. and you know this is wh- this is where you're supposed to be at so just keep the mindset and just be you we talk about it all year, but, I mean, another game, no Z, no B.I., no Nance. Y'all are up 30 on them dudes in the first half. I mean, wasn't about this team where y'all just, no matter who's out there, y'all can really just keep playing at the same level. Yeah, you know, like I, I, I think I said it before, you know, um, you know, obviously we miss those guys and um, we want them on the court, but we, we believe in each other and we believe – that we're a great team when they're not on the floor either too so um and they believe that too so that's what makes us really good and you know like I said if we stack up wins when they're not playing um we're gonna do a great job and have a good season because when they come back we're gonna win a lot more games so um we're just gonna have to continue fighting and win these games and then when they come back we'll be all right
4: you guys were six and six um going into the last time that Houston was here and you also had B.I. and Zion for that game um how much better do you think you guys are like how much do you think you've improved as a team from then to now the way that you guys started the season
5: i mean we have proven i think everybody's just still ready confident is obviously is the main thing for us because we know we can hoop you know we gotta you look down our bench i think anybody could play on any team right now and really impact a lot of teams and that's why we're just so tough and you just i think our main thing for this team is staying confident you know uh you know, it could be any, any anybody's day, and then and every. I think this team loves that about it. You know, we we going we going to cheer everybody on, whoever day it is. Coach Green talked about
4: just now after the game about the defense that you guys played um, and what Herb did as well. Um, the last time that Houston was here, Jalen Green and Porter both had a decent amount of points, and, and their shooting was pretty efficient as well. Um, it seemed like you guys did a lot better job uh, against them. What did you think about defensively?
5: I mean, we know that that's they, uh, that's they two main guys. You know, we're gonna have, if we're gonna try to win as, as good as we did. Uh, we gotta take them out. They hard. They, that's, a, that's a hard task though. we yeah, we got Najee and Herb. And Herb might not score or do everything that a box score sees, but he do all the little things that a team needs. So. Um, um, and Naji as well too. And it's just uh, amazing how they could impact a game without you know having a ball or scoring.
4: One, one of the things that is in the box score is Naji's assists. What do you think
5: about just the development that he keeps making as a passer? I mean, you see how he does. He came in the huddle and said he's the best passer in the league. So <laughs> that, it's just the confidence, man. You know, he's a great hooper. Like he's a great all-around basketball player. He could defend. He could shoot. He could. He could obviously pass the ball. Like he's just a great um, player, and um, I'm happy for him. For real? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds that's exactly like Uh But I mean, knowing that he's not going to be here and how big a presence he is on offense, how much is that going to change just how you guys look on offense? Just not having a man having to do things differently now? Um, yeah, we know, like, when he's there, it makes it a lot more easier. But um, we got some offensive guys, you know. Um, well, I think we're not really worried about offensively. I think it was more about how we're going to defend. Um, I think our team is so stacked with offensive players we just worry about what on the defense obviously he's a great he's a big piece in our offense and defense but um i think when he's out we more focus on like how we're going to defend as well as we can because we can score we know all of us can score so that's mainly what i think we, we should really focus on
3: The gym interview, Jim in the locker room. Yes, and it was
4: close to a gym exclusive, but I think <laughs> I think it bled into a couple other re-
3: reporters here and there. Well, when but, people see you doing things, they want to get in your shine, man. You right? Just, they just want right. to get in the circle.
4: Yeah, you know? you know, I I'm pretty sure when I walked over and started talking to Jose, I heard a couple background people from the media say <gasps> there he is is they were like I think a gym interview is happening right now It's Jim I've got to be there for yes. this
3: yeah get in the glow
4: but yeah it was uh, it was fun talking to Jose I mean almost everybody on this
3: team is a joy to be around 24 yeah. 7 so speaking of great interviews uh, if you didn't get a chance to check it out go to pelicans.com or the mobile app and you can check out Pelicans weekly our own Aaron Summers had a fantastic conversation with Jackson Hayes on there Uh, Talking about who he'd introduce his sister to, who's the drippiest Pelicans player, lots of fun stuff. So go check it out as well. We got Nick Friedell, and uh, he's one of my favorite human beings on ESPN. Nick is such a
4: well liked guy. Like it's unbelievable how many people around the league are always happy to see his presence. And even uh, you know this is a little behind the scenes, but even like the PR staff was saying, like, hey. So make sure you say hello to Nick. Yeah, make sure year. you welcome that welcome him into town. I mean, if even the PR people are saying like, "Man, we love this writer. We can't wait to see him." That's yeah. when you know that you've uh, got a lot of good r- grades from people. So yeah, Nick is awesome to talk to. Um, we we've had him on twice already to talk about the Nets. It's too bad that he doesn't cover multiple other teams so we could have him. Well, yeah, I'm I wish we'll- he covered
3: every team somehow. <laughs>
4: Just you know <laughs>
3: right, right. So you know, so much drama that's going on with the Nets. And and uh like you said, he was one of our first guests on the podcast this season, and he talked about how, you know, oh the Nets are they're looking great. And uh boy did we go like, What's wrong with Nick at the beginning of the season? <laughs> yeah and now it bears out. Looks like he was correct all along. Maybe you rubbed off on him, Jim. That's what I'm saying. Just just a little be. bit of your oracleism
4: <laughs> Yeah, and I think the Friedel vibes maybe benefited the nets as well that you know you're around this guy every day how can you look at that smile eventually right you can't the drama has to go away when you have the sunshine of nick fredell walking in every day so yes that's my theory on how things turned around for the nets and i think it's
2: a
3: sound theory (laughs) uh we'll present it to nick fredell there are so many reasons for the nets turnaround he gets into them let's talk to espn's nick fredell
2: LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com iHeart. That's LifeLock.com iHeart to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here.
3: Joining us on the Pelicans podcast, the man himself, Mr. Nick Fridell. Nick, a lot has happened since the last time you were on the podcast,
6: man. (laughs) I feel like I've lived about five different seasons in one. (laughs) Yeah,
3: I'm amazed you you haven't grown any gray hairs or anything yet.
6: Yeah, that's right. That's right. I mean, anybody who looks at me is like, yeah, you got a couple more grays these days. I look at him, I say, I earned them all. (laughs) (laughs) I, I earned them. But yeah, this team is unlike any other team that I've covered. In my 15 years or so covering the league, it's just every day is something new. Uh, but to their credit, a lot of people thought that everything was going to kind of burst after uh, all the Kyrie stuff, and they struggled to win games early in the season. And as you guys know, they got just hammered by Pelicans on opening night. And for them to turn it around the way they have uh, is really a credit to all the players in that locker room and, and Jack Vaughn and the message that he's gotten across here in the last month and a half or so.
4: Nick, we had you on the podcast in mid-October. The season opener between these two teams was October 19th in Brooklyn. And I remember very distinctly, you told Joe and I, when we asked about the vibes around the team at that point, you said, you know, things are really good. Yeah. Positive vibes. And yeah. Joe, Joe and I looked at each other like, is Nick, is Nick okay? Is he, and all right. How smoky is the room he's in right now? <laughs> is he okay? But I tell you what, Nick, amazingly enough, you know, you you, you just mentioned the uh, circuitous path that took us to where we are Ooh, right now. Word. You were, you were a hundred percent right. I mean, look at where, look at how, how correct you were on that prediction. When you said, you yeah, told no us bumps every,
3: in the road at all. You he told us an Oracle.
4: Yeah. You told us everything was going to be great. Everything's fine. The thing, <laughs> things are looking up around here. I mean, I mean, you can be honest with us. With us. I mean, no one – That's yeah, a safe place here. Yeah. Uh, I mean, how confident were you that uh, – that when you said that, I mean, did you feel like – how confident were
3: you that things yeah, were Was it look- a hostage situation when you said <laughs> it, or did you mean it?
6: <laughs> when, when everything opened up, guys, when the season started, and truly, I mean, that, that's the other crazy part of all of this for context. I've only been around this team a year. It feels yeah. like I've been here, you know, five years, but it's only from the been outside. Years since I it seems like over. you've
3: been with them forever, too. <laughs> yeah, right. <exactly.
6: laughs> but uh, in that year, the vibes going into that training camp, and we, when we spoke just before the opener, they were great, and that was legitimate. The players were really uh, liking each other. Everything seemed to be clicking internally, and then boom! I mean, in a couple weeks, it was. It was terrible. (laughs) Things were really bad. Uh, The Nets and Nash uh, have that divorce. And you're not sure what the future was going to hold for Kyrie at that point, both for the Nets and, and in the league. I mean, it was really, really bad. And it has become really, really good again. So in that moment, I thought things were good. I just wasn't sure how long that they would hold answer was not very long at all (laughs) now as we fast forward a few months later I would tell you as we sit here that I think that things are really really good again the question of course is how much longer can they keep rolling and keep winning at this level and I think more than anything else good vibe or bad vibe I have questions as to whether or not the roster can hold up over the course of the season and then into the postseason unless they make another move. But for now, everything is really good again, and there is a rhythm within this group that they had earlier in the season before the season started with the way everybody was feeling.
4: Nick, you talked about some of the ebbs and flows of the Brooklyn Nets season, some of the ups and downs. I think a lot of people want to know on that front – if you could give us a status update on your bromance with Mr. Kyrie Irving, who at one yeah, drama, I believe at one point he said, you two are, we're going to be best friends. Can you give us an update on, on the bromance right now?
6: Yeah. I, I don't think that's going to be happening anymore, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't think that will, will occur for yeah. now, but if I've learned anything being around this team, you, you never know anything is possible, but uh, after, Kyrie and I had that exchange. Uh, We we really just don't talk much at all anymore. Now, to his credit, when I ask him a question in in a press conference, he'll give me an answer. But but there is not much beyond that anymore. And for the foreseeable future, I don't see that changing. Uh, But that that is a huge part of this. I mean. People are always asking me now, what's going on with the Nets? What happened? First and foremost, Kevin Durant is playing like the MVP. He's just been awesome, guys. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But right behind that is Kyrie has been really good since he came back from the suspension, and he hasn't created any drama off the floor on top of that. He plays. He plays very well. They win. He doesn't say uh, much in these press conferences at the end. So... Whether or not he and I can maintain a, a professional relationship in the future, we'll see. But he absolutely is a big reason why this team is having the success they're having uh, in these last couple
3: months. I, I can't imagine, for one thing, anyone disliking Nick Ferdel. That's just uh, kooky to me. Uh, that said, now, uh, you got a great article that that I just saw on ESPN. Uh, check it out. It's uh, it's your interview with Kevin Durant uh, on all the things uh, that that everyone was talking about with him in the offseason. season. And, and to your point, that they've been playing great, and there hasn't you haven't seen a bunch of Kyrie stories about crazy things and stuff popping up, and it seems to have been going weirdly under the radar for the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, it seems like they got more coverage when they were dysfunctional than when they are playing well. And I, like you said, Kevin Durant's playing some of the best basketball of his entire career. He's averaging, what, t- over 28 points? Uh, he's shooting 58% from the field, and it just doesn't seem like it's getting talked about much. What, why do you think... It's sort of flying under the radar this season that they've turned things around. They're on a good stretch, and they're doing so well.
6: I think the, the biggest thing is the focus has been on basketball. And, guys, there, there are a lot of different layers here, and we can go and break down the, how sports media and teams are covered. But yeah. uh, uh, as far as the Nets are concerned, and Jacques Vaughn has said it several times now, they wanted to get the focus back on the game. Focus on the floor. Uh, it's it's interesting for fans of the team, and it's fun when they're just rattling off wins. It's not as interesting for casual fans if mm-hmm. <laughs> Kevin's yeah. going out and scoring 30 every night, and they're just piling up a bunch of, uh, of different victories. I will say uh, that as far as the coverage goes, I think one of the reasons why things have kind of flown under the radar to this point is that, When you look back at the Nets' schedule, they are playing a bunch of bad teams right now, for the most part. They've had some really nice wins the last week, week and a half. They beat uh, the Cavs in Cleveland. They beat Milwaukee at home, but they lost to the Celtics. And the rest of the teams they've faced, by and large, they're just not very good. So this game against the Pelicans, uh, this will be another interesting test. They've got a game after this in Miami that's going to be intriguing and then they've got a west coast swing coming up in a couple weeks which will tell a different story but if they keep winning and they're playing at this level everything else will take care of itself and once Kyrie came back the focus that they needed top to bottom from everybody that that got clicked in for a lot of different people again and I think we've seen the success follow because They've got everybody on the same page again.
4: Yeah, Nick, it's unfortunate. Uh, You know, obviously the Pelicans aren't going to have a couple of their best players tonight, but they've still been able to be pretty successful when they aren't at full strength, which unfortunately has been often this season where they haven't been at full strength. But in terms of the game tonight, and for Pelicans fans maybe who haven't seen Brooklyn play a lot this year, other than maybe here and there they've been on national TV. I mean, is there a story or two or a player or two that maybe we don't know about that's been instrumental to their success and and just how hot they've been over the last few weeks?
6: I think the key for the Nets is they have gotten contributions up and down the roster. Mm. And it's kind of stunning, guys, because early on in the season, you went, oh, okay. Like, we know Kevin Durant's awesome and we know Kyrie's great, (laughs) but... Where else are are they going to get the consistent contributions from I, I mean the first name that pops my mind is Ben Simmons, but the craziest part about all that guys is like Simmons has played pretty well defensively he's shown flashes of being the guy that we've seen in in Philly uh, before, but he's still kind of finding his way because he had to shake off so much rust uh, because he hadn't played in a, a year and a half basically so he is in a good place still kind of making his way back into playing at the level we're used to seeing, but he's doing it behind Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. So we're talking about spotlights and stories. I mean, people have like kind of forgotten that Simmons is still here and, 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 and being a a, a part of this team because he, he struggled so much in that first month, but uh, there are, there are a few different other guys to, to at least keep your eye on. Uh, and a guy who has really uh, flown under the radar and at least is, is questionable to be out there tonight, but has provided a huge lift for this team uh, off the bench, T.J. Warren. Uh, he struggled uh, to get back on the floor. He had a bunch of different issues with that foot injury. We saw what he could do in Indiana, but, guys, he, he's really come in and, and provided an offensive lift for that second group. Uh, Yuda Watanabe is another guy. Uh, he's been hitting shots from all over the place, and when he's healthy, he's provided a, uh, a, a big uh, uh, a big key for, for Jacques Vaughn and, and how he doles out the minutes. But as we go through the conversation, uh, another guy who has kind of gotten lost in the shuffle from a national perspective but is really playing well is Nick Claxton. Mm -hmm. Uh, and he's going to be the guy they lean on throughout the season as that big man down low because there's not much behind him (laughs) in that regard but Claxton has been solid on on both ends of the floor and he's been a guy that uh, they really think can continue to develop and be even better than what we've seen
3: you know uh Nick for us it's it's for, it's a new thing where it's interesting to hear you say the Pelicans are circled on the Nets calendar as a test game, because as an organization, that's sort of a new thing for us. Uh, so if you're looking into your crystal ball, I know you're an Oracle, just like Jim here, uh, as we talked about, <laughs> if you had to look into it, what do you see in your crystal ball over in the Fredell residence?
6: I, I, I expect a lot of points.
3: <laughs>
6: that would be my favorite. Yeah. Uh, that and all those guys that, the Nets like to get up and down the floor. Uh, defensively, they've been stronger during this stretch where they won all these games. But when they're playing a team that also likes to get up and down the floor, and especially when you're playing without Zion and you're playing without Ingram and you're trying to kind of find your way uh, in that regard, uh, you you got you to gotta move. And the only thing that would scare me, having watched the Nets uh, throughout this season, is they have a tendency at times – to to kind of pull their foot off the gas when a star or or the intensity may not be there on the other end. They have not done that recently, which is why they've been so successful. They've taken care of business when they've needed it. But I I'm in, interested to see how they respond after the way they played in Chicago because they were just getting run up and down, and the Bulls were getting all kinds of clean looks at the rim and they were able to pull away uh, at the end of that game. I think there was a little frustration inside the locker room the other night in Chicago just because they had grown so accustomed to playing at the level that they played. So uh, I I am curious to see who ends up running around with KD. He just dropped 44, and, and truly, guys, I really think he's playing the best all-around basketball of his career. Yeah, it's crazy to see it at mean Yeah yeah I mean at thirty four i mm-hmm. it, it's not even offense so so many people get focused on well Kevin's one of the greatest scorers we've ever seen, absolutely, but I mean like passing the ball and getting everybody else in rhythm defensively he's been solid to me, this guy is right at the top again, and I kind of laugh because, as we all know, over the summer, it was kind of like, well, Kevin's great, but can he stay at the level he's been at and and the answer is a resounding uh, yes, at least for this season. So uh, I'm 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 really excited about this one. And it's not just because I'm back in New Orleans after a long stretch. I, I think this will provide that test for Brooklyn in that, okay, you guys have really played well recently, but you're playing against a team that is building confidence every night in an environment that when I talk to some of my friends who've been going down to games here, People are really, really into it again, as y'all well know. Yeah, it's so, yeah. uh, it's gonna it's gonna be fun, and I'm I'm curious to see how it plays out.
4: Joe mentioned, you know, wondering whether you were in a hostage situation when you talked about Brooklyn before the season. I promise yeah. the listeners that you're not in a hostage situation right now when I ask you this, Nick. I know you cover the Nets obviously, but the, you know you're very knowledgeable about the NBA overall. We see you on the ESPN shows. Um, the podcasts and NBA Today. Um, when you look at the Western Conference and you look at some of the top teams right now, I mean, how dangerous do you think the Pelicans are? Where do you see them in kind of the the, the ladder as far as some of the best teams? I mean, once they get full strength later on, I mean, what do you think is the possibilities for this team?
6: Jimmy, I think they're right, right near the top. The only thing that I have a hesitation on as far as the Pelicans are concerned is that they really haven't been through those long postseasons, yeah. and they haven't learned how to win in those stretches. It's not to say that it can't happen because I've seen crazier things in a one year span, but I, I am a believer that it takes time to learn how to win those games late in the season, to learn how to win a series or two and really get rolling. And they haven't gone through that yet. So if you get Zion back and he's healthy and you get Ingram back, you just got weapons all over the place. And you've got a fun team uh, that is going to grow up together. As far as this season is concerned in the West, I mean, there's there's been so much hype around Memphis for a while, but the team that would still scare me is Golden State because of Steph. (laughs) I mean, you have Steph Curry, and he's healthy. Nobody's going to want to see that team in the Uh, The postseason, no matter what their splits are, home and away uh, in the regular season. So uh, the West is is plenty wide open. There's reason for optimism in a lot of places. But New Orleans' time is coming. And the roster is is strong. It's deep. Uh, It really seems like the guys have responded to Willie Green and his staff. And when you put all of that together and you grow it over the course of a few years, you have a recipe for a team that will be in the conversation all the time. And that's all you can hope for as a fan for a team that really seems to be coming into its own.
3: Yeah. I think we agree with you, Nick, even from our perspective, it's, it does feel like it would be early. You know, we would love it. It'd be great. It'd be laying. yap If we'd win a championship as we say down here, but uh, it, we don't expect it. Yeah. you You got, you got to knock on the door a bit and we got to hope this team can learn to win. Uh, can't wait to see you in the Smoothie King Center tonight. Uh, watch out because, as per social media, Jim woke up to a DM from the King Cake Baby himself. Mm. So watch out. The King Cake Baby will be loose, Nick.
6: It's not my uh, my first rodeo at a game with the King Cake Baby, Uh-oh. but uh, it's always an experience when that thing <laughs> is, is roaming around. But, guys, I... I I'm just so excited to be back in New Orleans after being away for so long that you could throw 10 King King babies at me. I'm like, well, this thing is weird. But then you keep (laughs) rolling and you're like, God, I love this place. So much.
3: That's brave. And this
6: city is so awesome. So I look forward to seeing y'all and uh it'll be it'll be really cool.
3: Now we're just glad you get to see the the Smoothie King Center crowd because it's the first time in our existence we've ever had a home court advantage and it's been so much fun. You'll see it yourself. Check out Nick's article on ESPN. Great, great, great conversation with him and Kevin Durant on all the drama that went on. Uh Nick, thanks again, man.
6: Anytime, guys. Always enjoy it.
3: Big thanks to Nick Friedel. Uh, What fun talking to him. Again, check out that article. It's on ESPN right now. Uh, Nick Friedle talking extensively to Kevin Durant about all the drama you heard about. And Kevin Durant's really honest, uh, really directing that interview. Uh, very interesting stuff from Nick Friedle. Tonight, here we go, man. We are in the Smoothie King Center and uh, facing those nets. And you know, there's going to be a lot of people in the Smoothie King Center, a lot of people always DMing Jim, like, hey, I'm going to be at the game. Where are you going to be? You know, Jim, I always see Jim just sighing at his phone. <laughs> it's just glowing constantly. <laughs> diddling, 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 diddling. Uh, but one, uh, it seems like this morning, there was just one that was in particular ominous among, you know, the Jim fans, the, the Eichenhofer heads, <laughs> the Hoff heads, we call them. You know, Joe, as I always used to say to Daniel when he was the co host
4: on this show, if only I could live the life that you've envisioned for me.
3: So unfortunately, you're staying humble. You know, un- Jim. Jim stays humble. He comes in here <laughs> yeah, yeah. in a limousine with a pool in
4: it. Don't 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 listen. To him. Unfortunately, the reality of my DMs is not quite up to what you've you uh, hope for. But no, <laughs> I I. Uh, I woke up this morning. I was excited for the game. I was excited to come over and come to shoot around. And it's a then sunshine day arena. you woke up, huh? And I and I checked Twitter, which, you know, sometimes that's dangerous. Sometimes it's it's a little frightening.
3: Yeah, it's a way to start your day. It's and a 50-50.
4: I saw I had a direct message, oh. and I was like, you know, is this going to be the first time that I've ever opened up my direct messages and there's it's from an attractive young lady who wants to <laughs> meet up with me before or after the game. Right. I love your writing. I'm such a fan, <laughs> you know. It was not that. Uh-oh. It was a direct message from King Cake Baby oh. saying, you know, he's back in action. It's yeah, a carnival bunch of a season.
3: ominous emojis. Yeah, there was a
4: skull and bones emoji, I think, and <clears> stuff <throat> like that. So yeah, that was uh, quite a way to start the day. I'm not a coffee drinker, but just from reading that, I was like, You're I have all shaky. of, I, yeah, and I have all of the the uh, nervousness, all of the energy I need for the day. King Cake Baby just totally woke me up out of a out of a morning <laughs> yeah, stupor. Th- that's that a
3: bracing wake up. That's like an ice water bath to hit exactly. you in the morning. When uh, King Cake, mm-hmm. first of all, why do they let King Cake Baby have a Twitter? That's terrifying. <laughs> just imagining that face by the glow of a screen and yes. Bed. King Cake Baby now is going to be around the arena, and, you know, we're around there. We're in different parts of the arena, and you never know where King Cake Baby's going to be. Sometimes in, in the back of the hallways, you know, going from place to place, sometimes on the court, sometimes in the stands. I one time was in an elevator alone with King Cake Baby, one of the most harrowing experiences of my <laughs> life. Going up to the third floor, never broke character, just stared at me waving <laughs> the entire time as I tried to go, Ha <laughs> hey, man, and uh, can't wait to see King, King Cake Baby Freaking out the squares, man. Yeah, you never know where he's going to show up tonight.
4: And, you know, we talked about Pelicans have a genuine home court advantage. The record speaks for itself, the way that they've been playing for several weeks now. And I wonder if a little bit of that intimidation to the visiting team and a little bit of that frightened feeling that they have is going to be, you never know where KCB is going to pop up. He could
3: pop up right behind your bench during the game. Imagine how scary that would be. You might be making a free throw, and then you just see that finger go to the lip of the King Cake Baby right there. Every time the opposing team is making a free throw, I think the big board should just do a slow zoom in of King Cake Baby (laughs) just to throw them off. I like that idea. I I can't imagine anything freakier. Uh, So KCB, we love you. Glad you're back. That means uh, Mardi Gras is back. I got some crawfish yesterday. I am feeling it, and uh, hopefully you don't get king cake, baby, tonight. Hopefully I don't. I'm also looking forward to the uh, Mardi Gras uniforms that
4: they'll be wearing. Yeah. Um, I've already seen several fans in the stands the last couple games wearing those prior to the team even getting them on the floor. So yeah, they flew off. The I, I really like those, by the way. I, I think they're really cool, and yeah. it, it seems obvious that people really enjoy them as well. So. A lot of fun elements to the game tonight. Looking forward to it.
3: A lot of reasons, basketball and non-basketball. Absolutely. So we're facing those nets. It's sold out. And then the Pelicans hit the road. So celebrate, celebrate, celebrate. We will see you there. That is Jim Eichenhofer. I am Joe Cardosi. Thank you so much for joining us on the Pelicans podcast. We will talk to you again on Monday. Until then, go Pelicans.
2: Thanks for listening to the New Orleans Pelicans podcast presented by SeatGeek. Join us three times per week on Pelicans.com, the Pelicans mobile app, or you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. We'll see you next time right here on the New Orleans Pelicans podcast presented by SeatGeek.
1: Terms and conditions apply. Are you on the hunt for a new home this spring?